What's funny? All right. So you don't understand fantasy, but people in the chat will understand that. Before we hop down right now, so I co-own a team in a league in our cousin's league with one of my other cousins, and we acquired in a trade DeAndre Hopkins. In exchange, we sent Melvin Gordon. And <laughs> someone else was trying to get Melvin Gordon or uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And he's like, should I get him? And we're like, nah. And I lied to him saying, hey, we saw you trying to get in on that. So we just cut in front of you and stole your guy. <laughs> so he's pissed. He is going on a straight cussing tangent against me. So I love it. I love the trolling. It's fun. Okay, well, that's great. Look, we're here to talk about the 49ers. Real quick, before we start, is my internet all messed up? A little bit. Yeah, you look a little fuzzy. Dude, it, well... Thank you very much, Fairfield Inn in uh, Lewisburg, Kentucky. I paid for the, the the fast internet and I'm not getting it. And I don't really want to do this show if it's going to be all messed up. It was fine, Louis, just before you went on a... Uh... I know! It was fine! And I paid for the fast internet on my phone and I, I'm not getting it on my laptop and I'm wondering why I need it. How do I get it on your laptop? Your voice sounds like your voice sounds like you're in the, you're, you're part of like the new Migos album right now, the way you're going to auto-tune-y. Just clipping and stuff. Oh, I think we're good now. Let's roll with it. Um, the, the title of the show is, are the Niners trending up or down? Because, look, on the one hand, they've won two in a row. Their offense is, is rolling. They've just won double-digit games back-to-back. On the other hand, I mean, the list of injured players is astonishing. So let's start with the, uh, the good, the potential of this team trending upward, and starting with the offense. Do you feel like the offense has finally figured it out? I think they're starting to. They took a first step. In that game, I mean, we talked about last week how good of a defense Carolina is. I thought they would have been I – th- I predicted them to go 24 points. So I was off by six. You know, they scored 30. But at that point, you know, they kind of – Carolina looked defeated. It, it was over for those fools. Um, but I think they really have to tap in and see and acknowledge what they did right. So what did they do right? They spread the ball around. That's what I thought. That was my notice point. Look, it wasn't just Debo or die. It was let's do everyone. I love the airplanes around here. Uh, it, it was Debo. It was just Debo die. You got George Kittle involved early, which we talked about last week. Because, like, what do you got to do, George Kittle? Can we design more? And boom, you get him off the bat. Ayuk a little bit. Jerron Jennings run the football. So, to me, I saw – you saw a great complimentary football between Jimmy and Kyle. Kyle was calling plays eloquently. Jimmy probably played the best game I've seen out of him since 2019, to be honest. I, I don't think he played a better game last year than the one this last game. So, on the road against good defense – it's asking a lot for you to keep clicking on both sides with Kyle calling plays like that and Jimmy, but that's really what's going to be done. So they took the first step. It's just about finding that consistency. Yeah, they're taking lots of steps in the right direction. They, they're rotating their running backs. They've got a, a change of pace back. They're getting the ball to use check. Um, I think Kyle's been a little bit vindicated in how he's been using Kittle because Kittle fumbled. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Kittle isn't necessarily a focal point of the passing game anymore. Um, a couple of things they could continue to improve on. Uh, oh, but before I get there, I want to say they're actually using Jimmy well. And the whole league knows where the Niners want want to call passes for Jimmy. So all of a sudden on third down, you're seeing stuff deep and outside the numbers to tight ends and running backs. Yep. So, it, I mean, that's the right move. It's open. I just wonder how long Jimmy can execute that. Um, so what they continue to do is they need to find a short yardage back. It's not Tevin Coleman. It's not Jeff Wilson Jr. It could be Ty Davis Price. I think it's Jordan oh, Mason. But you got to find that guy. Um, and then you gotta get like Debo isn't having a great year as a wide receiver. He's still great after the catch, but getting him the ball, nine targets, two catches last week, and then Ayuk like three catches a game is just not enough. They gotta get. I know they're a run first team, but Ayuk is way too good to be uh, you know getting fewer than five catches a game. He should be getting at least five catches a game. 
But I feel like they'll figure he probably is going to go for 10 catches and 150 yards this week. So I'm not really worried about Kyle. I think he's figuring out his best players. Yeah, and I think I look watching back the, the game last night, or just the first half. But Ayuk was open a nice several times again. But you know, we already know Jimmy Lee's stuff on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering where now. So we saw him get Kittle involved early on. If we can get something like that with Ayuk, I mean, not I know it's a little easy. You go for play action in the first play. It's an easy little dump off to the side there. Um, but there's plenty of other ways you got to try to figure out how to use Ayuk. Why not hitting him on those little quick uh, quick slants that you're trying to hit Debo in that first red zone trip? That was almost picked. Um, that was probably an RPO, though. I, I'm not sure. But it's it's more about finding this, the again, just the rhythm. And I think if Jimmy can develop a trust, giving those – you know, we, you, you talk about the Jimmy gimmies. Mm-hmm. If you just dart it in him and maybe Jimmy feels that clicking, just a couple of easy throws, it could be just even a screen, just something. It's like, okay, I'm hitting Ayuk. I feel confident I can hit him five, ten more yards now deeper. Uh, it's just really if Kyle's going to dial him up and just getting in into his helmet saying, are you going to be open here, Jimmy? you got to have to throw this. See, that's the thing. I, I think it's not necessarily Kyle as much as it's Jimmy, right? Like, there are too many clips of Brandon Ayuk being the number one uh, option in the progression, him being open and Jimmy going to the next guy. Like, against the Rams. Rams when, when he was the whip right? route. Yeah, the whip route. He was wide open. Jimmy's like, no, let me throw the double cover George Kittle over there. And so there's only so much Kyle can do. I don't understand why Jimmy's so hesitant to throw to Ayuk because when they traded for Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy was throwing him a ton of balls right away. And then when they brought in Ayuk, he was here to replace Sanders' exact role and runs a lot of the same routes, and all of a sudden Jimmy's like, no. It's crazy because, I mean, he's better than Emmanuel Sanders, and he's open. I just don't understand that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a short. I'm gonna push back a little bit on the Kyle can't do anything. Yeah, he, he can't on the field, but you can you can get literally in his ear like Jimmy. It's gonna be open. Throw it. Yeah, to him. he does it with yeah. other receivers. He tells them to he do does. it with. D- I mean, look, I think he's doing it with Debo Samuel. That's why he's forcing in some some of those throws. I mean, look, you see the targets he's throwing to Debo. I feel like when right, Jimmy throws to Debo, that's when he gets his most pickable throws versus anyone else. I mean, it's right. all over the place with Jimmy when he does have those. But you know, you know, Jimmy loves throwing to Debo. Who wouldn't? But last week, like to your point, the, the the script was all about Kittle, which is cool. Now I feel like this script yeah. could should be all about Ayuk. You know, and that's, that's good about, because you want to get yeah. those guys early on because you get the defense thinking, okay, they're actually going to get Kittle involved this game, right? Because if you don't do it early on, look, look how many times do your coaches and players say, "Set the tone, set the tone." It's great you do that right. with your running game, but they know that's coming. You're not utilizing Kittle. You're not utilizing Ayuk as much as you should. They don't think that's mm. coming. They're, it's like Debo, Debo, and I think that was the consensus from that Carolina defense, like. We know you're going to run the football, and it's going to be Debo. Try something else. And to your point, that's why those pushing the ball a few times, Jimmy pushed the ball downfield, it was pretty solid out of him. And he was even throwing with some anticipation here and there. So I think that's where you got to try to figure out if you're Kyle. It's like, I got to figure out what this defense is going to key in on. And it's pretty always, it seems pretty much almost typical. It's going to be the running game in Debo. One thing that kills me about Kyle, he says he doesn't watch the, the Bill Walsh tapes. Maybe this wasn't on the tape, but what Bill, Bill Walsh liked to do was to get – each of his playmakers a touch in the first quarter. Maybe not in the first drive, but just it's the same thing in basketball. You want to get your guys shots early mm-hmm. so they're in the flow of the game. And I, I feel like he does a bad job of that with Ayuk. I mean, in this last game, I don't think he got the ball for a while. I maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like there was a whole wide receiver drought going on long into this game. Um, I know the other team had good wide uh, cornerbacks, but he should be in the script, you should have plays and touches schemed up for all your guys so they get involved early. Ayuk seems like he's young and if you get him involved early, he might take over. But if he doesn't get the ball to the second quarter, he may feel like it's not his, you know, game. Just saying. Yeah, 
I just trying to help. Same thing about, <laughs> I think the same thing why we blame Kyle for some of the offensive woes. It's like, well, they're not executing right. So it's on the players. It's like, yeah, well, are they, is it, is it, it's kind of Kyle's fault. He's not playing, he's running the plays that they're not executing. So it's the same thing with Ayuk. They're not, he's not installing into the game script or just game or plays that he's going to take to, to game day that involves Ayuk. So it's almost like you're kind of limiting yourself to a degree. And maybe he just takes like plays that weren't even on his sheet and just calls it, which isn't far-fetched, but I mean, I, I don't think it's common. It's, it's just, what are you doing to get these guys involved? Because if you get, the more you spread it around, I, I don't think that's, I don't think, I think there's definitely a correlation as to why Jimmy played well is because you you spread it around all over the offense. You use all points of the field horizontally, mm-hmm. you vertical, you ran it, you use all types of talents. And it, to me, it's not totally a surprise why Jimmy played as well as he did. Yep. Joey Mellons says, great video with your dad yesterday. Great, great to life. hear you using the fan money for good. Keep being a real one, Grant. Thank you, Joey. He's doing that money to another 49ers tattoo. <laughs> King Winner says, hey, Grant, after watching Brett practice today, when do you th- uh, think expect him to return? Um, not this week. Um, not against KC either. Don't do that. But, like, if he doesn't, if they don't activate him after the three-week, I think they'll use the entire three-week practice window, window <laughs> and then he'll come back, and then he probably won't even be ready then. I'm thinking after the bye week. That'd be smart. Give him more time. Use as much as you can to get this guy up to speed because he is very, very a sensitive body. And you can't, at this point, now that Mosey's gone, you can't afford to lose him. Also, the Niners are not desperate. They're in first place in their division. Their division sucks. They got another winnable game coming up. Like, you know, they're probably going to lose to Kansas City one way or another, although they could win. But, I mean, they're in a good spot. Like, they're, they have no must-win games coming up on their schedule. Like, what they need is Jason Verrett healthy down the stretch in the playoffs. If they get that, they can win the Super Bowl. So, no reason to, to rush them back for a game in October. Especially not with the, against the Falcons. And it's like, you don't need them to beat the Falcons. Falcons have no offensive skill power. They got Drake London. But you should be fine with Charvarius Ward or whatever you're scheming around. And then... Even Kansas City, they don't have wide receivers either. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes who makes them into better wide receivers. Yeah, it's better to play the you're, – you're better doing the bigger picture thing with Jason Verrett than just, just hey, we're desperate. Manny Mills is gone. Go, get it in there, Jason. And then he gets hurt or gets gimpy again. That's the last thing you want. That's right. Callie Trummer says, do you think Jimmy targets certain wide receivers whether they're open or not? Seems as if there's something else at play here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like, Kittle yeah. can, be, can be totally blanketed. Tevin Coleman – Totally blanketed down the field. But Brandon Ayuk, like, oh, you had five feet of separation? That's just not enough. Sorry. Debo could be on Brandon. the sideline on a break chicken water, and Jimmy will still say, here you go, Debo. That's how much he wants to force feed it to these guys. Yep, but Brandon is like, dude, sorry, maybe maybe next week. All right, so the offense definitely is trending the right direction because Kyle Shanahan is doing what he always does. It takes him a while, but he figures out his best players and how to use them, and he's getting there right now. But the defense, the defense is the number one defense in the league. But they haven't faced a good offense yet, and they have an insane amount of injuries, including, I mean, it's Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Samson Ebucom, Aziz Alshair, Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley. Like, that's almost the whole defense. I was about to say, you can feel the whole defense with that. With how many players. The only guys I didn't mention are Talanoa Hafunga, Traverius Ward, Dre Greenlaw, and Fred Warner. Four guys. So the other seven are injured. At what point? I mean, is this is this defense in danger of unraveling due to injuries? You have to be concerned a little bit for sure. At the very least, a little bit. Um, the one the injury. Look, they it's proven they're doing fine without Aziz. Great mm-hmm. because you, because they're able to bring down Talanoa and he's filling in freaking that guy Spider Man the way he covers ground. 
Uh, defensive line depth has looked great, but it's now looking like it's going to start raveling with Emmanuel Mosley gone because mm-hmm. I don't think they have a corner out there unless Brett comes back fully fit and can even come close to what he was in 2020. You're going to have an issue there, whether it's Ambry out there, Diamondo, it's going to be an issue because we saw it last year how good the defense was. Um, it was just the secondary was always a liability, whether the player was getting beat or he was committing penalties. And now with Bosa gone, like, you don't really need to, to, to understand, like, how much of a loss he is. But the first game against Atlanta, they should be able to handle it. It's like the future games, like the Kansas City games, the Chargers yeah. games are coming, Rams again, where it's like, okay, we, you know, that defense that punked the Rams, you know, it's going to be a lot. A lot of the armor is going to be unsheathed because all your key players are gone. And at some point, you know, the dam's going to break with all these players gone. Yeah, but it's like they – so they, they got Atlanta this week, Kansas City next week, and then the Rams after that, and then the bye week? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, so Chargers like if they go – if the, if they go two and one over the next three games, solid. That's it's solid. It's acceptable, and it's most likely. So what you really need is you know to survive the next three games, go two and one, which I think they can do, and then get a lot of these guys back. Emmanuel Mosley's not coming back. Jimmy Ward is. Nick Bosa is. Um, Javon Kinlaw should. Eric Armstead should. Ebicom should. So it's not. I mean, it's it's not all bad. It's not like it, these are, we have had. It's like 2020 when it was like season ender, season ender, season ender. Yeah. No, the guys could come back, and the Niners do have some winnable games coming up one way or another. So, I think circling back to our first topic, this is why it's good that the offense is starting to figure out because yeah. that Carolina game, that was like the most complimentary football we saw all season. You had both sides, the defense playing dominant as usual, although they let up their most allowed points, 15, boo-hoo. But <laughs> you had the offense actually like picking up their own weight. And this is yeah. what was always my concern is like you can't, it's it's, it's nece- it was necessary for the defense to be a, as elite as they've been because you know the offense is riding their coattails. But this is why you wanted the offense to start to figure it out and soon because the sooner the better, right? I know it's a long season, but at some point, if the injuries kicked in or if the defense couldn't sustain itself for whatever reason, if they had a game where someone actually punched them in the mouth and it was going to be mm-hmm. a long haul for them, you want the offense to pick it up. So by then actually picking it up, it's only going to help the defense more, especially if they're able to put up points. Right, and and these next few games where all the backups are going to get opportunities going to help the defense too because it'll make their depth even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am kind of curious to see how certain backups perform. Like Ambry Thomas, is he going to play? Kyle did, like didn't ruin him today, but had he was very blunt. Someone said, you know, well, he played a lot last year, and then now he doesn't. What happened? He was like, well, you know, the other guys passed him up, which to me is a coach saying he didn't. Maybe he thought he he had proven something in those few games, and he didn't take the offseason as seriously as his teammates did. And now he's – I mean, that's what – he said he pulled a Dante Pettis, right? He said it was essentially what he said. I don't know I, if you heard it. Uh, honestly, I, I, did, I didn't hear it, but I was looking at the transcript. Yeah. However, I, I remembered going into training camp, there was a conference where someone asked him about Ambry or the corners, whatever, both Diamador and him, and he says, like, I'm ex- like something about – maybe it was Demuco Ryans. Either way, it was something about, like, yeah, his body's more built or he looks better in shape. I just want to see him getting it on the field. That's literally all they mm-hmm. said. Like, great, you did the physical part. Now let's see the on-field part and see if it translates. And it mm-hmm. seems like they weren't impressed at all. And we saw it on training camp. We saw it in preseason. It, it looked like he was the same, if not worse. Um so I'm not sure how much you can really put his faith in him. That's why I'm a little scared. That's where the defense really is going to miss Mosley the most because he can't. He was playing at a Pro Bowl level. Both these corners were. I mean, I don't think that's hyperbole to say either. No, you're no. Those they were both great. Um, Ambry was so bad in training camp that like a good day for him was only getting beat in front, 
not over the top. He gave up so many long plays over the top. And I remember asking uh, Unlin, the DB coach, one day what he thought of Ambry, and he was trying to say something nice. He said, you know, he didn't give up any balls over the top today. I was like, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you can play that guy, if that's what he's going to be doing. In which case, what they could do is move Lenore out there, or it's going to be interesting to see. And if you got to do this against any team, it's best to do it against uh, the Falcons. But the week after against the Chiefs, the Niners are – in danger. I mean, they could give up a, this is a great defense. They could give up a lot of points against the Chiefs because I don't even know who they're starting corner. I mean, you don't have to go after Chavarius Ward if you got Diamador Lenore and Sam Olmec on the field. Why would you ever go after Chavarius Ward? Mm-hmm. I think that's where I think that's where it really is going to come really critical in how Demigo Ryan's and I, I, I have no doubt he'll be able to get some semblance of making this defense still bridge the gap as much as possible with Mosley back. But you can only do so much with Ambry out there, and I, I just wonder who who else is going to put up there. I I had put the thorn out there like Dante Johnson because he can play, he can come up, and he wasn't terrible in coverage last year. Um, but I think it's going to probably honestly that might be their best call, Dante Johnson. That's why because you know because you know what to expect, right? You know what to expect. He you know for sure he can he's not afraid and can play run support on the edge. Yeah, that's something seriously. That, that's why I wrote that article last week about why D'Amico Ryan's. I was like, that was a hell of a comment from him. It's like, yeah, the fact that he's like, yeah, their coverage is superb. But what I love the most is they, they're, 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 they're manning the edge. They can come up. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. me, it's like a, he said that to me. That's giving me more freedom as a play car. I was like, whoa, okay. So, so pretty much they really want the really perfect corner who's not just covering, but we want the right. guy to come up because it gives me so much. So who's to me? Because they do not want to be a finesse team. They want to be a physical team. Average coverage and it can come up. Amber, can Amber yeah. do either of them? Just either of them at an average level? I don't know. No. You're probably better so, off yeah. putting Womack and Lenore and figuring out between who's going to be inside out. Just as long as it's not Josh Norman, I'm cool. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Nothing is he personal. Even on a, is he, what is he even it's doing? Over. Now? I think he's on a good I, I think he's. Before. I think it's done. How come Josh Norman? Remember, so Richard Sherman gets to be an analyst. If, can you imagine if Josh Norman was a football analyst? Ever after everything, could be like what? <laughs> He used to say some stuff that sounded deep, but if you really thought about it, it was like I have no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, I don't it all know. went, it all went, it all went to hell when, when the it all went over my head. Up. Zachary says Jennings was supposed to be a run blocking wide receiver. He is a good one, run blocking wide receiver, but he actually is. I mean, he was their second. Him and Usechek was the the second half offense last week. I think that the touchdown drives happened because Jennings extended him. Mm-hmm. So. He's really important. Good player. I, I didn't see it when they, he's like ran a four seven. I was like, what is going on? I mean, but who, it, gonna, yeah. He's a seventh round pick. I mean, who the hell is going to have like expectations as a guy? If, if any, the fact that he's gone this far, he's already a huge win for the 49ers. What he's That's done already. True. But yeah. usually when you take a guy that late, you're like betting on traits. And the Niners are definitely not. They're, they're looking for, you know, physicality and violence and all that. And they spotted it with this guy. I'd almost compare him to Anquan Bolden, but. They're different because Bol- Bolden didn't have any finesse to his game. He would just like body people up, box them out, and run them over. This guy's a good route runner. Yeah, he's actually. Remember, Charvarius Ward in OTAs, he's like, the one yeah. who surprised me the most is Juwan Jennings. So I was like, okay, Charvarius, you actually, right. you actually, yeah. you're a good corner. You know what you're talking about. Let me, let me actually see. And he was right. He was, he right. was right. He was absolutely right. Um, Kyle Green says, always love your show. Thank you. Random question Do you know what color our fans are gonna, going to invade ATL with? I don't know if I should go red jersey or white. Dude, go red. just just because no, no, go white, go white. You're gonna blend in too much. Like I'm gonna be there, obviously. Grant, I'm not with Grant up there, but me and my cousins and uncle are gonna be there. Um, I would say go white, go throwback white, because that's the cleanest one. Don't go red, because it looks too much like Atlanta home jersey. 
Okay, so there's so many Niner fans, and there are no Panther fans. And, like, seriously, no Panther fans showing their face. So after the game, I was at the stadium for a while, and then I wanted to go um, get a drink at a bar while I put up my videos instead of going back to the hotel right away. So I, went, I found, like, the one bar that was open in Charlotte. Charlotte goes to sleep early on a Sunday. Jesus. And um, it was a dive bar, and a bunch of Niner fans were, like, coming in after me. So I sat down. And they came in. And, like, Niner fans that have been drinking at games have been drinking for, like, 12 hours. So a lot of them like can't really talk straight, and they're like, "No!" And the guy, the, the bartender, so so funny. He goes, "Oh no!" <laughs> I was like, "Sorry, but oh no!" I was like, "Yep, that's right. Niners drink free." I was like, "Hey, buddy, have a good time." Anyway, God, I'm Niners. Like, I'm pretty sure that's gonna be my my cousins and uncle after the game. While I'm, I'm like, I'm like, get off me! I'm trying to do work. <laughs> oh no! K- King Leonard says Casey's scoring more than twenty four next week. I don't know. We got to see who's healthy, right? Let's see who's healthy. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. Here, I feel like the Niners were in a great sh- spot to shut Casey out. Not out, but down if they had Jimmy Ward and Mosley. Because Jimmy Ward can do a, can do a good job against Kelsey. Like, I feel like no, like no one can do a better job against Kelsey than Ward. Um, so at least it could match up. Now they can't match up like that. So I don't know. See what they got. Although he could play with a, with a, with a cast on his hand. They haven't ruled that out. Probably a little early. Probably. Callie Tremor says Shanahan and Ryan's need to put both sides of the ball in heavy rotation with the players that are just coming off injuries. Uh, appreciate your dedication to your craft. You and your guests are very straightforward. Thank you. Um, yeah, when you bring in these guys back, they're not in football shape. Try to ease uh, ease them in. I don't understand. Yeah, don't throw this them happens in the too deep much. side of the pool. Put them in like the four-foot end where they can stand up and like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit more. That's and right. after a game or two... Then you chuck them in the deep end and be like, all right, man, sink or swim. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Here's the And now you're in football shape. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what they did with Kittle, right? So he missed the first two games. Then worked. he didn't get a lot of balls in the f- next two games. And all of a sudden, everyone's mad about it. And in, in week three, he's like all up and down the, the script. So it makes sense. That's That was smart. Okay, I have a question for you. Is Jeff Wilson Jr. a top 10 running back? Before you scoff at the question, I'm just going to put some stats out there. Stats don't point the whole picture, but here's why I'm asking. Let's take away last year, which was you know a wash year. He was hurt the whole year. If you take 2020 and this year, five years this year, he played 12 games in 2020. That's 17 games. That's a season. He's got 12 touchdowns, uh, about a, a little under 1,200 yards from scrimmage, average about 4.9 yards per carry. Those are respectable numbers. What do you think? Is he knocking on the door? This season, yeah. This season, yeah. Because I, 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 looking around the league, like I'm, what running backs? I feel like the running backs has really dwindled this year. Even the top end ones that we're used to seeing, like Dalvin Cook, only like a gamber good too. Good. Yeah, uh, he's having a tough time. Christian McCaffrey, but you know, just saw like, him. Really, yeah. the only ones I know they're like absolutes right now is obviously Nick Chubb. Yep. Um, Josh Jacobs now after that last for sure. Game. Not saying top five, but maybe he might be top five. Leonard yep. Fournette because he can do both. Mm. Um. Not even Jonathan Taylor's doing good. So, I mean, shoot, there's a lot of run- – so this year, hell yeah. And there's probably a case you can even make for top eight if you really want to, like, dive into it. But, yeah, this year it's like it's – no one's running as well, and that's a huge credence to me about what the blocking is doing because there was one play in that first quarter, I believe. Uh, I think it was the Jeff Wilson one where you ripped it off for, like, 30 – where you, I swear you could have ran a car through that lane, dude. Yeah. It was so wide open. So uh, you, you get a. I'm not gonna blame him for you not know, taking advantage of that. I'm not gonna you know take away points. But hey, that's, he's playing running the ball sweet. And sure, he's not he's not being utilized in the pass blocker. But look, the way they're staying afloat, 
after that first week one game, you owe an apology because he looked slow. It looks like. Oh, was, yeah. I, dude, I, I feel so bad for saying that. I was so. It was one game. They were in the rain. I was so wrong. Jeff, I'm so sorry. Um, but I want to say what I, what I love. Him. He's a really good player. I wrote him off way too soon. It was off. I was wrong. What I like about him so far this year, his two touchdown runs, both came from like 30 yards out. Nasty. And while he did have big holes, he had to spot the cutback. Like both were right. Like quick cutbacks in the backfield. It was like, okay. I mean, good vision and good, like didn't, wasn't uh, indecisive at all. And then in the open field, didn't try to like slow down, make a move. He's just running right to like, I mean, just running by people. I didn't know he was this fast. I had no idea. He's really good. See, to the point where when Elijah Mitchell comes back, you can't just put this guy back for like four carries a game. He's way too good for that. You got to give him, you got to give him at least 10 carries a game, no matter what. Go back yeah. to the 2019 script, man. Give it, give, give somebody like, I'm not even sure. Look, we talked about that last question about the slow rotation. Mitchell needs to be the eight to 10 carry guy when he comes back because he's injury prone. Like, I think it's official. He's got that label now where Jeff Wilson yeah. Look, that guy. That guy's not only just has explosiveness, which again, too, I didn't even think that. I thought he was a good runner, and uh, you wrote him mm-hmm. on, but I did not see that him had that explosive, that huge straight to the end zone ability. I thought he was more so would be a solid, like all right, like a big run for him would be like ten to fifteen. That's well, he's more explosive than Mitchell. Mitchell didn't have these long runs last year. No, he man, didn't. maybe not. He didn't really didn't though. He didn't have that many. Yeah, I think if Miss Wilson has better vision. I think. I think so. I don't know. They're both good. They're both really good. Here's, here's, my, here's my question for you. Has he taken his game to another level, or has he always been good? And he's just, has he sort of been a victim of roster politics? Uh, I mean, he, he to me he was pretty good in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, but he was caught behind Tevin Coleman. Like, what if he had been actually getting some real playing time back then? I think he's always been this good. Probably got a little better, but I think he's always been yeah. this good. And I thought it became clear after that Patriots game because look, they, that Patriots that defense, crazy, especially dude. team, might have been like on their down year. But look, that defense is always going to put on a show, put on a clinic against an offense, no matter who, because Bill Palachuk doesn't play. That defense will look and do something against you to hold you up for as long as you can, and they're 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 fairly stout for the most part. And Jeff Wilson just ran all over them, so I don't think this is a fluke. He's pro- he's definitely probably gotten a little bit better, but I think now what we're seeing is he's getting opportunities. I mean, he's definitely improved. Where Talon, like it's almost like the Talon Funga of last year, where it's like, look, he, he was kind of skeptical last year in his opportunities, but he's definitely like, was a clear cut. I got better. I'm getting helped. Whereas Jeff Wilson didn't really get like the opportunities. I think his story's great. He went to a little school. Um, he was undrafted. The Niners had him on their practice squad. They cut him multiple times after training camp and after good preseasons. Uh, they he kept. No one else saw the talent. He kept latching on. He was. Better than people ahead of him on this depth chart for years. He hung around. They draft. They drafted Trey Sermon last year. They drafted Ty Davis Price this year. If they really were sold on Jeff Wilson, they wouldn't have done that. And all of a sudden, he's the last man standing. And he's really freaking good. And it's like, man, he might have been this good the whole time. I don't know. I think it's a great story. It's a hell of a story. I hope he gets to go to a Pro Bowl or something. I hope. I just hope when, like again, like we just said, Mitchell comes back. Kyle, please do not use. Heavily use Mitchell off the bat. Just incorporate it. Use the two. Yeah. Your offense, like, here's the thing. If you're a good coach, you get you use all of your good players. You just don't cut, you know, you just don't look at it like a piece of pie and say, I'm gonna use this sliver and forget the rest. Like, no, you gotta use the whole thing, man. Try right. like you did the last game. That's why I thought everything came together. 
you have to use all your players. We talked about it before. What is the secret weapon for this offense? Last year it was Debo, and we're like, there's no one this year. So what is what, what's going to happen? Uh, use all your players because we can't talk. We continually talk about how talented this offense is, but wouldn't you want to use them all to a degree, even if it's just like a couple of looks? Also, the name of, the name of the game this year for the Niners is not bringing back people too early and football shape. Like with Elijah Mitchell, you got to remember he wasn't there for OTAs and mini camp. He was coming off surgery. Then he got to training camp, played for like two weeks, got hurt, came back week one, got hurt. So he's not in football shape and probably never will be this year. So next year he could be he could lead the league in rushing next year, but this year it's Jeff Wilson's backfield, mm-hmm. and this guy's only coming in to contribute if he's 100 percent healthy, because he won't yeah, be in football. Shape. Like if Jeff Wilson comes Spell. off a huge 10 to 20 plus yard run, okay, cool, Mitchell, Mitchell's fresh, get in there, we'll just keep just battering, ramming that defense and make them tap out. Um, yeah, uh, J five five F one hundred says Grant, my dude, you need to get the dude who did Crocs intro to do yours. Oh, mine isn't obnoxious enough for you? And where is Vish? <laughs> <laughs> Vish is on Twitter. Vish is on YouTube. You got to check him out. Vish has got his own channel now. And you can give him uh, super chats and put money directly in his pocket, which he deserves because he does a great job. Make sure you f- follow him on YouTube and Twitter. David Velez says, do you know what the 49ers record is when Bosa and Debo play? You mentioned it once a while ago, and it was astronomically high when they both play. No, but that's something I should look up. David. That- he did. I think you have mentioned it, like oh, when Debo. And I have. Play, like, or I, I don't know. Play. If he's playing. I think it was when he gets certain amount of carries or targets or some usage or something. I don't know, but David, I will look that up, and I'm going live with Jesse um, in a few hours, so I'll address that at that time. Thank you, thank you for your patience. Sean Green says, "I know Niners need blocking, but they ever gonna use Kittle like we did with uh, with VD in the 2012 playoffs, 2013 season? It's frustrating with his salary usage. I mean, did you see him this week?" Uh, it's kind of hard to to knock Kyle's usage when they featured him and he fumbled. Hard to I mean, he's averaging three yards after the catch per reception this year. That's not Kittle. He used to be nine, ten. He's not even. He's not a yak bro this year. He's not. He's just last, a bro. Last week, I, when we were talking about Kittle's usage, like what, what was the issue? What's the deal? I think we see it. And. I, I, I thought because, look and him bringing up Vernon Davis just make just reminds me it makes me even think I was I was more right and not just floating it out. He doesn't think Kittle's that great of a route runner or receiver. He's a good one, but he's not that great. And it looks like he's dialed it back with injuries. And if we're talking about we we shouldn't even mention Vernon Davis as George Kittle in the same breath as a receiver because Vernon Davis was light years. You know, Kittle's a sweet every all around player, but come on, they're not the same way as impactful as a receiving. Kittle was better after the catch. Vernon Davis was never good after the catch, but he was way faster. Um, better route running. I mean, he, y- yeah. Uh, well, he was kind of a terrible route runner. Yeah, he would round um, out some of it. But still, he would round out some of the routes. But he had his his speed was crazy. He legit had four three speed. Kittle was just really explosive and quick. His stop start. Uh, you could throw screens. Who throws screens to a tight end? You could do that stuff with him. Not anymore. Not anymore. He's not a threat. I mean, honestly, when he starts running after the catch, I'm thinking, uh oh, fumble. Like he's gonna get tagged. He's not making anyone miss. He has zero broken tackles this year. What he used? It's, I mean, Debo just totally took his role in the offense. What Kittle used to do, Debo does now. The yak. The, you can't call him a yak bro anymore. I'm sorry. You got to break one tackle to be in the club. You got to read one Dr. Seuss book. You, <laughs> you got to read one page of a Harry Potter. I'm just kidding. Play action just, that hasn't been there. Like I said last week too. Is it? Is it? It wasn't there. Look, the first play they got him on play action. I was like, well, play action is going to Kittle. And it, he, he didn't shake off that defender. No. James says, how do we stop future Hall of Fame Cordell Patterson? He's hurt. 
Yeah, that's how you stop. He's on IR. That's they got Caleb Huntley, a rookie, undrafted, rookie? a rookie. They and got someone Tyler else. Allegre. Allegre is how you pronounce his name. That's cool. I was wondering. Trey Niner says, Grant, I'm throwing this idea out there be- now because I think it's a smart move. Niner need to franchise tag Jimmy and then trade him. No, you can't. T- there's, they, there is no uh, franchise tagging allowed in his restructured contract. Not allowed. So let's talk about that. I know we want to stay in the moment. My dad doesn't like when we talk about hypotheticals and in the future, but he's not on the show today. It's my show. So I, I've, look, you'd be lying if you, th- if you would say that your mind hasn't at least gone to this question. Because, you know, Jimmy's a starter, Trey's hurt. The season is interesting, but what's going to go on next year? Who will be the starting quarterback next year for the 49ers? Jose? It's still going to be Trey, dude. It has to be Trey. But I think where it gets interesting now is if we see the Jimmy that we saw in this last game, and it's a huge if because that's always that's what makes Jimmy the most ultimate average player is he'll have those moments and then he'll completely flip it like the next game or two or whatever. And, you know, we, we know the, the whole spiel. But but if he has a handful more games like that and when they get to the playoffs, he shows up in that way and actually does something, even if they don't get to the Super it Bowl. It could be him. It could be him. We have a huge debate on our hands now. And the 49ers, when they got pissy last training camp about all the questions about Trey Lance and everything, the competition, and then it happened again this year, it's going to be one-ups again next year. And I'm all for it because it's fun. It's funny to talk about. And, I mean, that, look, is. they created it. They shouldn't get mad at you, at anybody, at fan, whatever, because you're creating it. You brought them back this year. You tried to trade last year. And now it's like, well, now, now what? <laughs> now what? Okay, l- let's go through it systematically together. There is a possibility that the starting quarterback next year is Jimmy Garoppolo. It seems to me for that to happen, he would have to really play well in the in the playoffs and or win the Super Bowl. If he does that, the Niners would have to give him another huge contract, and I'm sure he'd love to have it. Although, it's a strained relationship between them, and if multiple teams are offering him a lot of money, then who knows. But, come on, I don't really see that happening. So what's more likely is he does a repeat, you know, plays well in the regular season, gets to the playoffs, kind of starts struggling, and they don't make it all the way. In which case, I don't see him coming back because I don't think he wants to be here. I think he wants to leave, and I think the Niners want to replace him. So let's go to Trey. Let's go to Trey. Jimmy leaves. The Niners get close but don't make it all the way, hypothetically. Jimmy leaves. Trey, We're back to Trey. Trey is now in a position where he hasn't played in three years, coming off a serious injury, and this team is still knocking on the door. It's not that simple because he hasn't spent any time developing in the ways he needs to develop. He may not be ready, quote unquote. He missed a precious year. It's possible the answer is neither of these two guys. Okay, so let's explore that. Who are some guys who could who could unseat Trey and Jimmy? You'd have to have someone legit. One name that pops into my mind is Tom Brady. Okay, okay. So let's talk about Tom Brady. He was supposed to retire this year, didn't. Now he's going to potentially have a divorce. It seems like he could play football as long as he wants now. He'll be a free agent next year. He already expressed a desire to come back to the Bay where he, pl- where he grew up. And the Niners really messed up. Now, and they know it. You think they'll make that mistake twice? I think there's a, there is a legit possibility that Tom Brady is a starting quarterback here next year. I, I do. Tom. And that way you could get like, look, hey, Trey Lance, no, no, nothing against you. But now Tom's a starter for, you know, year to year. And you still need some time to learn, and you can learn from Tom as opposed to Jimmy. And I don't see how anyone could complain about that. Now, here's, here's another scenario that's n- not nearly as exciting. 
Let's say Tom Brady does retire and doesn't want to go past 45. Goes to Miami, becomes owner. Yeah, whatever, something like that. Um, Kyle could turn to Kirk Cousins, and you know, and say, and "Look, look, let's say, let's say Kyle doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, and management's like, look, dude, you're seven. You're gonna have to win the Super Bowl this year." And he's like, "Okay, well, if you're gonna up the ante on me, you got to give me the quarterback I've wanted the entire time. I've always wanted this guy, and you, you know, so." I, that's another guy. And then possibly Aaron Rodgers if he opts out. Although Aaron Rodgers and Kyle Shanahan trying to coexist and, and share power is just – I can't see that happening. Um, but those are three names. What do you think? Yeah, I think the most entertainable one would be the Brady one. Because Brady. they're not trading for – I don't even think Kirk's going to be a free agent. So I don't think and, Brady- and if, if they got Kirk, you understand how pissed – like that – it would be one thing if the Niners had traded for Mac Jones, but trading – for Kirk Cousins and potentially trading Trey Lance to get him, would I think the fan? I don't think Jed York would let it happen because the fans would hate it universally. Yeah, universally they hate it. You would only be able couldn't to happen. work on a free agency invitation and signing right. to right. Thomas Brady. That'd be the only right. way at work. And so far he's playing good again this year. It seems like the fan base vetoed Mac Jones, so they could probably veto Kirk Cousins too. But no one's going to veto Tom Brady. I I wouldn't either. I like Trey a lot, but dude, it's Tom Brady. Go get that sixth ring. Are you kidding? They should have had him three years ago. Two years ago. I think, look, in terms of options, I think that's the only way you're going to route you're going to go if we're not looking at neither. Because other than that, I thought the only thing that would be the way it's looking is Jimmy goes wherever the hell he's going to go in the offseason. You go with Trey, and then you get Matt Ryan as your backup next year. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's, he's backup talent. He's backup caliber now. He's not a starter in this league anymore. Yeah. So, but in terms of like the goat, that would be the only option I would see. And I did think about that, or I heard, I maybe I thought about it another time too, because now that the divorce is gone, it's like, look, his future is endless now. So unless yeah. he's going back to re, re uh, to reinvigorate himself with the Dolphins to go back over there, but the way you know two is going, he's going to go with Mike McDaniels. Yeah. That's probably like kind of down the river now at that point. So I think that that 49ers one would be the one. He's going to get a firsthand look at what that team is. If the defense puts the clamps on him in two, two months, a month, whatever then he, it's going to be in his mind. Don't think it won't be in his mind. If Kyle wins the Super Bowl this year, he can do whatever he wants. He can start Trey. Yeah. He can start Jimmy. He can do whatever he wants. He'll have a, a job for life with the 49ers. But if he doesn't, I know people say he, he he's, has job security, but look around the league. Uh, he's he's been he's in year six. Every coach who's in year seven or, or higher has won a Super Bowl. Every single one. And there's another coach who's in year six right now. It's Sean McDermott. Don't kid yourself and think that he's not under pressure. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl this year with Buffalo, people are going to be looking at him like, dude, what happened uh, again? Because they didn't even win a playoff game last year. So he has pressure too, and he has a, a great quarterback. People start saying, maybe we need to get an offensive coach. So Kyle, McDermott, they know the deal. And McDermott has Josh Allen to, to lean on. Kyle has Trey, who has played nothing in the last three years. That's scary. That's scary. So Tom Brady, come save my job. It just can't be Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Can't be Kirk. I know. I'm sorry. If Kyle wants to work with Kirk Cousins, it has to happen on another franchise, not here. You guys got to go start over somewhere else. I wish you had brought up that picture where they're both looking at each other all friendly and just pulled it up right now. That would have been great. Instead of saying, they, like, here's the other person. Click. Just, it, yeah. That would have been great. Ah! Big Tone 707 says, I hope he didn't say Vernon Davis was a better route runner. Quit talking about football now. Yeah, he was a great athlete who could only run straight. No, he said he rounded off his routes. That's true. He said it. He James Hennessy. I just think he's he a better off off receiver. I would take him in the receiver as a heartbeat. I think anyone would. And he's still and he's still he's still not a better overall 49ers tight end all time yet. All before. I'm gonna say is Vernon Davis took over playoff games. George Kittle has never had a good playoff game. 
Not look, all the intangibles, the blocking and stuff like that. Like, are you making an impact in your offense? And overall, Vernon could block points. It's great Vernon if he was... blocks and contributes to that, but there's other players blocking too. It's not just Vernon could block. He, Vernon just didn't get as much fanfare about it. Vernon was a, he just didn't have pro football focus making a big deal, giving him a number <laughs> value. Pro Vernon was ex, was super duper strong. I mean, everything Kittle was as an athlete, Vernon was that plus. I'm sorry. James Hennessy says, don't make the Joe Flacco mistake the Ravens did. Yeah, like even if Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, that doesn't mean you make him the, you give him the, the contract. Like that's what the Ravens did, and it set him back for years. You know, all that means if they win the Super Bowl with, with Kyle is that he gets another extension, he has job security, and really that probably might even be good for Trey because uh, his coach can do whatever he wants. His coach can say, what, you know, he has no pressure. He might feel satisfied he finally got one. So it's like now he feels like, okay, I finally got one. So now I can feel a little more patience because he's in yeah. a rush to win one. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron Rodgers says Cali Tremors. I mean, possible. They've been trying to work that out, but they haven't been able to. Vargie, thank you very much. All right, we got one more. One more before my <laughs> internet craps out. And I, I got to go to the front desk and be like, yo, how do I get the, the fast? Because, you know, when you go to the Marriott's, they're like, if you want fast, you got to pay five bucks. I'm like, yeah, I want the fast. Five bucks. So I only got it on my phone. What? It's whack. They should be able to do that from the front desk, right? Hey, because I got two devices in here. See, look at happening again. I, I was going to say, I think they hear you talking, and they did that. They're like, oh, look, he's talking shit. All right, here we go. <laughs> Click. Yeah. <laughs> got a problem, buddy? <laughs> so uh, no one in the world expects the Niners to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. Why? Because uh, the Falcons' offense is not great. Although I here's the thing I I give I have more respect for the Falcons than I do for the Panthers, um, and that's only because Marcus Mariota can run, and we all know yeah. how 49ers defense always always has that kryptonite against running quarterbacks. I mean we saw that's great as they played against the Bears. Justin Fields was running like a backyard. I mean like a like a school kid in the blacktop just chucking it on them a couple times. Um, so that's the number one concern I would have. That's why I think they're and plus the Falcons all all year long they've been scrappy. I've actually watched a lot of their games. Even against the Bucks last week, they they held their own pretty well. I mean, it was boring, but look, they held their own against the Bucks on either side of the ball. That says a lot. So you're the 49ers. You can't overlook this team. I don't think it's going to be the same routing as they did against the Panthers because I I just I just think they have they're more buttoned up operation. And then Arthur Smith versus Matt Rule, come on. So I think those are the factors you got here. The defense is not as terrible as it looks. Mark's Mariota element and Arthur Smith versus Matt Rule. I think the Niners should should win and will win, but. It's going to be more scrappier than I think. I think it's going to be ugly. I think the Niners are going to destroy this team. I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, like, so on offense, they have, they can run the ball. But, like, when it's time to throw, it's Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Like, Drake London is a rookie. And, like, when, 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 when targeted, his, uh, when Marcus Mariota targets him, his quarterback rating is like 73. And then when he, tar- when he tar- targets Pitts, his quarterback rating is 60 something. So I just feel like this passing game is doesn't work, and this this I mean maybe the Niners DBs are so maybe the DB is the D is so banged up that they'll give up some uh, some points, but I just don't think they have enough. I guess the Browns there was a drive where they just ran the ball a whole time. I think it was like twelve runs, and I was like, Atlanta Niners Rams. Yeah, yeah. I th- okay, all right, fair enough. Maybe the Niners won't blow them out, but here's the thing: they're in they're in uh, they're staying in West Virginia. The Niners are eight and one on these like back-to-back road trips when they stay out here. So it seems like they're actually really locked in on these things. What's interesting is when they go back after these uh, extended trips on the on the road on the East Coast, they're one and three in the game following that. And the one win was in 2019 against Pittsburgh when they turned the ball over five times, which shows you how 
sloppy they were. That's the one time they won. So what's interesting is, yeah, they should probably beat the Falcons this week. But they're going to be so jet-lagged coming back to the West Coast after that. They probably won't feel like themselves until Thursday or Friday. And then they got to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So, And if you don't believe me, I, I was just talking to my wife, who spent the whole weekend with me on the West, on the East Coast. She's back there. She's still exhausted. And it's Wednesday. Still exhausted. So I think probably by, by tomorrow she'll feel like herself. And then she has to fly out and meet me in Atlanta. So she's going to, ha! That's why they don't do that. <laughs> That's why they stay in West Virginia, but it's, it's legit. Like she's, They're going to be so tired next week, and then they have Kansas City. So that's why I say just go 2-1 and one the next few weeks. I don't know how realistic it is that they're going to be Kansas City. Yeah, actually, that, that, uh, you're, you're making that factor actually makes me think like, damn, that, losing to Kansas City becomes a lot more like, likely yeah. now. But I, I yeah. think I'll pick the Niners prematurely right now, depending on how they look right now. Um, yeah. Look, they'll still beat them. Um, I just don't think it'll be like, you know, you know – Blow them with start for the moment the kickoff starts to the final quarterback kneel down and it's going to be like 47 10 or whatever. I, I, yeah. I think the Falcons will make a quarter or even a half where it's going to be like, look, they're, they're fighting out there a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I can, I, it's, it, I'm not saying it's going to be a one score close. I think the Niners will probably win like 28 14 or something like that. So, I mean, that's still a pretty good game. You win by two scores or more. Um, it should be a game. If they lose this game, that's a little bit inexcusable. I don't, I don't really care about the injuries or anything like that. You, you guys should beat them. But I do think the Falcons will make it more of a game than the Panthers did. So I think it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm on this road trip out here, and I'm going. I'm, going, I'm, I'm following the Niners, and I have a, a, a rental car. And I, I don't know this part of the country. So you go to Charlotte, and then the Niners play uh, in Atlanta the next, the next. So Charlotte is – so Atlanta is southwest of Charlotte. Um. Right. The Greenbrier is due north of Charlotte. So I drove four hours north to come here, and then tomorrow I'm going to start my trip back southwest to Atlanta tomorrow night. Um, why would the Niners go north for a game that's south? They could be in Atlanta right now. But no, they want to be in West Virginia. Hmm. From Kyle Shanahan's perspective, why do you think West Virginia is more appealing than Atlanta? <laughs> To me, it's really obvious. I mean, there are no distractions up here, right? Like, <laughs> nothing you can do at night. You know, no no Instagram celebrities you could call or sneak around with or no rappers that you might know. I'm just nothing. Absolutely nothing. They could go, the you could go ATVing. Got in trouble in the hotel. What city was that? That was Tampa. That was Tampa. All right, Tampa, was Tampa. Tampa's more livelier than Greenbrier. That's true. Every place is more livelier than Greenbrier. Nothing against Greenbrier, but what's funny is it's a really nice, swanky um, resort. And when you get there, it says Greenbrier, America's Resort. I'm like, it says who? It's really America's Resort? Why? Because you wrote that? So <laughs> it's America's Resort. That's anyway. a that's a good-ass point right there for sure. Because yeah. <clears throat> at first I was going to say because of the weather. A week in Atlanta? Like, good Magic luck. <laughs> yeah, good Magic luck. <laughs> that's a pro- You remember when the Niners were in the Super Bowl with, with uh, Harbaugh? That Super Bowl, no no, it was New Orleans, wasn't it? It was New Orleans. It was New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. No, so they, they played the NFC Championship game in Atlanta. And was that when Cap and Gore and Crabtree got uh, caught going into who were they, Hooters? Anyway. anyway. You can get a Hooters anyway at the time. I think they're extinct. That's but, true. Yeah. But I thought they got caught by TMZ going into a strip club. Whether it was before the, the – uh, not that that's a big deal. But There's more to as a coach, if you're in New Orleans or Atlanta for a week, you're like, oh, God, good luck. What are you going to do? Yeah. 
No, nah, there, there is, there is more. There is more temptations for sure. I mean, that's why nothing ever happens here with these guys. Because I mean, like, look, the nightlife here is cool, but it's not like Atlanta cool. I mean, come on, especially with these guys who none of them are really from here. They're probably from other places that are much better. So I, I you talking about the you talking about the South Bay or the Bay? Was that you're talking about the South Bay or the Bay? Oh no, no, I'm talking about the Bay as a whole. Okay, guess the thing. Like, if if you're a player and you want to like do nightlife, remember when Ruben Foster got would he get uh, held up at gunpoint outside of um, that spot by in Union Square in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you got to go to San Francisco. Otherwise, like if you live in, I mean, I've never gone to the clubs in San Jose, but I would probably would skip that. Look, to me, they're cool, but I'm talking about these players since they're from, like, other areas that most likely have better nightlife. Like, Bayer nightlife is a little overrated. I, I like it. I have friends that like it, but I, I feel like if you go other places, look, I, I'm saying compared to, like, Atlanta, it's, like, more like, like, come on, there's, there's more low-hanging fruit than just, like, you know, around here, do I really want to? It's, uh... But I feel like I'm at that age where when I go into a, a club or anything like it, I, I instantly feel like the old dude in there. <laughs> I'm like... Like I, I just, I'm more at home really now at like a nice quiet bar where I can talk to the bartender. That's what I'm looking for. If it's really loud, it's like okay, there's a bunch of people in their twenties, and I have gray hair and I look stupid. That's why I like going to the breweries. That's why yeah. I tell you like, hey, let's go to the breweries. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not much. gonna burn down the thing. But you know, I will say, I mean, Brandon Ayuk might like it because I, I had a friend who was at a Valencia room. He saw Brandon Ayuk there like in the off season, well, not off season, maybe during training camp or something. like oh, that. Oh, you snitching on him, man? Come on. Dude, everyone already tweeted that. Everyone knows about it. There was a video, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Flav says, don't like the way the line looks at all this week. I, th- I think it comes down to field goal. Gold Wait, injury line? is a big deal. The, like the, the betting line. line. The betting line. Uh, the latest on him is that he wasn't practicing today. He was running on the side field, and they signed a kicker to the practice squad. So that kind of sounds like a hedge to me. Let's but let's give. Yeah. Dome, is it really that much of concern for a field goal as much as it would be el- elsewhere? I don't. Which knee is it that he messed up? Right or left? See, it's, see, it's, if his right knee is in a because if you're kicking yeah. it, it sucks. And your plant leg, you need them both like strong. They're both. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, can you really play less than 100? Can you kick? Can you kick a 45, 50 yard field goal if you like if you're compromised? Do you think he's gonna play? I don't think he's gonna play. I don't know. I don't think he's gonna. That's play. a good question. So if you have okay, to to Flav's point, if you have no Gould, gold, I always call him Gould. If you have no gold, no Bosa. Uh, no J- Ward, no Mosley. I mean, all of a sudden, it's not the same team. It's not the no. same team at all. Now, the, the Falcons are terrible, but they're still an NFL team. And the Niners have beaten themselves. When they lose, they beat themselves. So I guess, you know, one of these backups could be put in that position. Let's see. Good point, Flav. And, but look, I was going to say the Falcons beat them last time on the road here in Santa Clara. But, but. That was a better Matt Ryan, better thrower, and Julio freaking Jones was still Julio freaking Jones. And That's he was true. Going on everyone. That's that true. Game. I guess I just don't think much of Marcus Mariota. Seems like he's fragile, really not, fragile. I mean, even with yeah, look, the Niners are going to rough him up. He's just hella fast. That's why. That's why. That's why I'm. That's where I really I think the dynamic, just the running game dynamic. And look, they they lose some running power luster with Cordell Patterson gone, but I just think because you still have that. Mariota dynamic and the other running backs who are decent that there could be like some plays where it's like, okay, like we, we had a bad drive or two or three. Let's, let's circle back and see how we can stop that. And I think that's where they, that's where they get the most of their points to get to like yep. 10 to 14 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I can't help but notice that they were right in the game with the bucks at the very end and had that. That's, again, had that's the refs not. Yeah. Cause look, the yeah. Niners, I think are a little better than the bucks at least, but that defense is still legit. Um, I think that's where Atlanta. Uh, 
I think where I think it could come down to it is the energy of the Falcons are going to be locked in. We just talked about the Niners being locked in. What are the Falcons? Because, look, you're on the road. You're going against a good team, a division team. You you get up for that game. The Niners are a good team, too, but it's I wouldn't say it's 100% the same. And you kind of just gave it your all in, in the week before. You could be eh, – that's another aspect to look back. Maybe maybe I'm just spewing, but that's something I think that does matter in terms of, like, actual – but are you awake for this game? Are yeah. you locked in? Are you focused? And it seems like the the Falcons defense has done well. I mean, Grady Jarrett's done well against the Niners uh, before. That's um, the real concern. AJ Terrell, yeah. good corner. The um, Niners don't have a good offensive line. I mean, Trent Williams is hurt. Aaron Banks didn't practice today. Uh, yeah, there's that. So, David Baker's not related to Dusty. That's good to know. So, I'm gonna be. I, I know I've asked you that a million times. <laughs> Ray Band says any injury was bound to happen with. An injury was bound to happen with Robbie Gould on kickoffs. Isn't that why they drafted Mitch Wisnowski because he tackles? What happened to his big hits? Well, what happened was, that's true, but they felt that him kicking, taking kickoffs was taken away from his punting ability, so they made a decision. Yeah. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo can do the kickoffs. Or Kyle Juszczyk. He's a weapon. Juszczyk. Yeah. Uh, Niner Gang Wolfcast says, let's blow AT out so bad we get Purdy some reps. (laughs) Purdy got a rep. He he, he took one one play. He had the kneel down. It was a good kneel down. Joey Mellon says, when was the last time when the Niners lost a game without actually beating themselves? Uh, the Super Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> they beat themselves in that game too. No, they didn't. You think they did? I think I think it, they got beat and they beat themselves at the same time. I think it was both. Yeah, I see. I mean, like they they went away from the run game. It's just it felt like, yeah, they felt like I the think Patrick it was like Mahomes, a perfect loss. Yeah. Like you, the like the greats overcame you and Mahomes and Andy, and you, yeah. you didn't help yourself either. That's a good point. That's true. David Baker says, but I did see Dusty and Willie play at the stick. Well, that's that's sick. I never that's saw him play. Forever. That's tight. Falcons play hard and close with the best of them. Yeah, it's true. And the Niners are like, it's like the B-team Niners this week. They're missing nine starters. Let's go through it real quick. Uh, Trey Lance, Elijah Mitchell, although the replacements for those guys are both really good. Um, Trent Williams. Trent Williams. All four defensive linemen. One linebacker. One free safety. One corner. It's ten guys. I might be missing. And Robbie Gold. That's 11 guys. Yikes. Robbie Gold's crazy. Because now, <clears throat> if the game ever comes to comes close and you have like some stalled out yeah. drives, which we've seen this offense stalled out drives plenty of times this yeah. season. Just because they played good against the Panthers doesn't mean that's going to be them going forward. That's why are they going to click. So imagine like instead of running it down from 40 yards, now you got now your first to go for it instead of taking like you're possibly leaving three to 12 points on the table. It's funny, like George Kittle said uh, today, really, like the defense hasn't given up 20 points yet this year, so they just have to score 21 points. Well, I mean, yo. That's not the right attitude, man. That's not the attitude this week because this is not the same defense. You could certainly give up. I mean, the Falcons, hold on. They scored 26 week one, 27 week two, and 27 week three, and 23 week four. So they could put up 20 on the Niners' B-team defense. The Niners' offense better step up this week because they're going against a terrible defense. A terrible defense. The Niners need to actually score more than 21 points this week. This is going to be a very interesting game. I'm raising my eyebrow because of the interest that I have in this game. (laughs) JFF says, uh, Grant, call me Juan. My question is those sideline throws uh, and not up the middle throws are coming from Walsh book like we asked two weeks ago. Call me Juan. All right, Juan, I'll call you Juan. Um, I don't know where they came from. I don't think they came from Walsh. I think they came from quality control. I heard there was a guy in the quality control that told him, Kyle, can't keep forcing these passes over the middle. And he was like, okay, word, bet. 
what he said. I'm just happy the offense came alive so we don't get overreaction grant today. That's my favorite, Grant. Jack, Jack, Jack Jackson says, where's Danny Gray and Jordan Mason? Watch out, Jackson. With Bosa out, Jackson going to get more opportunities. Dwelly's still hurt. No, Dwelly's okay. Danny Gray had an illness today. He can't stay healthy. I, I don't understand. But even but, if he was healthy, I don't think he has a role once. I, no. He doesn't have a role when Trey Lance got out. That's it. He doesn't no, have a role. No. And then Mason, uh, I'd like him to be the short yardage back, but Kyle is uh, um, just being stubborn. So Mason's we'll have to write. dead until you know his running backs become – you know, out of commission due to injuries. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's only, it's only, yeah. It's only value, unfortunately. All right. So now that we talk about it, I actually feel like this game against the Atlanta is going to be um, surprisingly close. So we'll see. I can see it being where it's close for a good portion of the game, and the Niners just run out, run away from it because I don't think the Falcons are a team we're going to, you know, start to finish like and keep up with it. And eventually, the better team will will win and pull away. But, yeah, number one is the offense not going to shoot themselves with the foot. We've seen plenty of times they do that against bad teams. So if you rule that out of the way, okay, then they should win. Now it's about can the offense, you know, be even what it was last week? Because if they do that, they'll be good because I think the B team, B team 49ers will be fine in terms of 20 or less points. If they're missing all four of their starting defensive linemen, this game could get interesting. But that being said, I yeah, think they have – I mean, what would, they, what would their starting defense be? What would their starting defense be? It would be Drake Jackson, Kerry Hyder. Kevin Givens and and uh, Ridgeway. That's like that's a good defensive line. That's a good D line. Come back. Is tomorrow who are you injured? What's going on? Is he still Tur- Kamoko Ture, He's there. Okay, uh, so they have a, they have good players. They have Akeem Spence. They should win, even with these injuries. But uh, I think if you're just the defense, it's pretty much just like don't break contain on Mariota because look, Mariota is fast, man. I'm I watched he is. Games I watched. I'm like Jesus. Is he Lamar fast? Like almost to be honest. He is quick. He just can't stay he healthy. He scrambles good. That's that's why I see the offense, their offense, really getting their most plays of uh, their big plays or even any success is when he scrambles, or if he just breaks the pocket, he's running and he just takes one. He just tosses one for like eight yards and he's open. That's that's all I'm worried about. That's why I think well, it's going to be a scrappy game. I feel like the one weakness of the wide nine is that it's so predicated on guys getting up the field that they sort of aren't really reading and reacting scrambling. Scrambles. Why, you know what I'm saying? That's why he appreciates the the Mosley and Ward being his edge. He uses them as his real edges, ends, uh, edges to really fill, to fill for those edges who are going up. David Baker says people talking like this could be a trap game. What is a trap game? A trap game is a game that you don't that you like overlook the opponent. Overlook and you're coming and it, off it, a high yeah. of against. That's them. what it is. Usually you're coming off a big game and it's like you just beat your main oh. rival and the next game is nothing. Like it's 2019 when they beat New Orleans. Falcons. Huge win. Everyone's like, oh, damn, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Next week, they lose to the Falcons at home. And they're like, yeah, we were flat. Well, why? Because you felt like you proved yourself last week. And you didn't have the same level of Happened. urgency or whatever. Yeah, it does. But I don't think that coming off a of winning against Carolina, the Niners are, no. That's no. the 3-2. and two. No, the trap game would be you beat Carolina, you beat Kansas City next week. Everyone's like, oh, shit. The no. Niners are the best team in the league. And then, boom, you lose to the, a team that you uh, dominate the next week. Uh, yeah, that's sure. that's the trap game. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the show. Thanks for watching. Sorry about my internet. I'm going to go talk to the good people at the front desk and say, what the heck? What the heck? Thanks, Jose. They're listening. They hate you right yeah. now for all your cussing about them. I'll see you, I'll see you in Atlanta, hopefully. Peace, <laughs> guys. <laughs>